Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. So nice to see all of you here today. Welcome each one of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we begin our series, I just wanted to start off uh, by saying uh, thank you to each one of you for your valuable prayers, even as we were out and about and, um, you know, away from our home for the past six months. It's so good to have a home. You know, many of us perhaps take uh, our homes for granted, but I tell you, I miss my home, and it's so nice to be back. And, uh, you know, as I, we were putting things away, we, you know, our new cabinets and all that, um, you know, Aji is so particular about putting all these things into these cabinets. And so it's also so happened that uh, it was a yearly thing to do where we would need to, uh, you know, go do some check on our own bodies as well. So, for example, how is our sugar level? And so my dad has this little thing where you just uh, prick yourself and you put it into this little feeder thing. I'm doing it for the very first time. And um, lo and behold, the numbers were uh, elevated, so as to speak. But nonetheless, um, you know, it, it was a reminder to each one of us that uh, it's so important that we check our, our levels of sugar. And so what I did was uh, I went to the cabinets and took the sugar that was on the top shelf and I moved it to a lower level. I guess I showed her how to lower my sugar levels. But, uh, but nonetheless, uh, as Pastor Linson was saying earlier, we're going to kick off our series with... Um, the fact that we're going to be covering the parables. I know all of you are familiar with this particular parable that I'm going to be covering with you. And so as you uh, go with me to Luke chapter 10, uh, verses uh, 25 on down, it is the parable of the Good Samaritan. I know the moment I said that, uh, all of you have said, ah, I already know about all of the Good Samaritan issues. I've uh, learned it since I've been a child. But as we read about the parables, that we see that they are filled with teachings that Jesus Christ is trying to tell each one of us in our journey. As you know, Jesus, uh, as you read through the, the, the uh, New Testament, you're going to see Jesus going from town to town, and as he's going through these towns, he's attracting quite a lot of people that are just following him. You know, it could be just the poor, the outcasts, the tax collectors, the social misfits, the Samaritan, uh, the sick, the blind, the lame, and the least amongst them. And Pastor Linson was so beautifully laying out about the least amongst them um, last Sunday with uh, bring, driving home the point of how important it is to minister to young people and little children as well. And so, honestly, I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be great if we followed that model of what Jesus has been doing in his own life, which is as he is going on the journey, 
which is similar to our journey in life, we run across so many people. I know a lot of you have run into people as you drive by. For example, this morning, right? Um, we were just coming over, and uh, there's a bridge right on uh, Beltline and 35, and there's a homeless man who sits under there, um, and uh, every Sunday I ask her, can you check to see if he's still there? Because I want to keep my eye on the road, right? And she's like, what? Who? I didn't even know there was a homeless person. But you know, I'm telling you, if you just look around, you're going to find there are so many of people in need all around our city. So as Jesus did, he had them uh, just surrounded by these folks at all times. So I was thinking, would it be okay if we had that people group, you know, perhaps someone who was different from us sitting in this same very pews? So I wanted to ask that serious question. Would you be okay? Would you be okay? Ask yourselves. Be honest with yourselves. And so that is the story in a crux of what the Good Samaritan was all about. So in Luke 10, 25 through 37, um, we read the following. And behold, a lawyer stood up, put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Boy, this man knew the Bible inside out. As a matter of fact, he took verses from the Old Testament from Deuteronomy and he put together a, quite a bit of lists, including he even inserted the fact that you ought to be mindful of the neighbor. And then he said to him, Jesus answered, you've answered correctly. You do this and you will live. Notice how Jesus kind of suddenly says, you will live and not you will have eternal life. But I want to talk to you about that a little bit here. But he, verse number 29, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem. So here's the parable, right? And he fell amongst robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. By now chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed over to the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by to the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, poured on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you and I will come back. 
Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell amongst the robbers? And he said, the one you showed mercy, one who showed mercy him. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So we see in this text that Jesus had a lawyer confront him. And then we're going to look at how Jesus deals with a difficult situation, how he kind of sort of took that opportunity and made it into a teachable opportunity. You know, a lot of times we ourselves in our own lives run into people that perhaps are in our face and or are confronted and are just obnoxious perhaps, yeah, because they know better and they want to challenge us. But this lawyer was doing this to test Jesus, isn't it? Is that what we just read? But Jesus so beautifully dealt with him. So this gives us also an opportunity to ask ourselves, how do we deal with difficult people in our lives? Perhaps that might be someone in your job, or perhaps someone in your own family who is just downright difficult to deal with. And what do you do in situations like that? You know, this is a great example for each one of us to perhaps learn a parable or two, or to have a story line that could perhaps guide them along that, uh, that path that brings them to the realizations as Jesus did. So first, we're going to look at how Jesus deals. He deals in love. Secondly, we're going to look at how there is so much need around us, but do we really have eyes to see the need? And finally, how to show mercy to all by being a good neighbor. You know, this showing mercy, is it comes easily to us. But the issue that the Bible is trying to teach us here is that we discriminate and we only show mercy to a select group of people, at least in my own situation. And so I'm actually speaking to myself to make this correction that I need in my life where I have a broader perspective that every human being is valuable in the sight of God. They were created in the image of God, and therefore I should never be discriminatory in the way I show mercy to people. So let's look at how Jesus deals with love to this individual. You know, Jesus had a unique way of dealing with difficult people. In this case, a lawyer of the religious order. And as I said earlier, he was doing this because he wanted to test. Because, you know, eventually what he's going to do is, but, you know, if you just step back a little bit, may, there has been many instances, right, where Jesus has been confronted with the Pharisees they're always trying to put a trap on him and because they're going to use it against him at some point later on. And every single time, Jesus comes out on top. So this wasn't his first rodeo. But nonetheless, the Bible says that Jesus answered back and said, what is written in the law, my friend? How do you read it? A lot of times, this is a great tactic for each one of us as well. It is an opportunity for us to learn to not shout back or to defend what has been challenged at you at that moment, but rather 
to pause and to use that as a reflection upon the fact that, hey, let's look at what really the law says. And so this is what Jesus was doing. In essence, this lawyer is standing in front of the man Jesus, who is a great teacher, who is a master at what he does, right? All these years, he has the anointing upon him, which he has received. And he's able to bring the good news to others. And that is why people are following him. And perhaps there is jealousy on the part of this lawyer to test him and to tempt him and to trap him at, at any point given. Is it possible that one of you may have also asked this question, how do I receive eternal life? That was his central question, wasn't it? You know, as we look around, there are actually people who ask this question all the time. How do I get to heaven? And a lot of times, it is interestingly, what we see Jesus doing here is that as the master teacher that he is, he cuts to the heart of the matter, which is a teachable moment and never even references the fact that how he should get, obtain eternal life. Because his question was, what do I need to do? So a lot of times, as you speak with people out there, you're going to find that people are very much interested in the afterlife and what happens from centuries on. I mean, look at the Egyptians, right? They would mummify their, their, uh, their dead, thinking that perhaps there is an afterlife. So from centuries on, man has always had that there is something beyond life, right? And so everybody wants to know, what can I do? But what they fail to see that the Jesus is really teaching here is that it's not a set of rules, guys. It's not a set of do's and don'ts that gets you to heaven, but it is the relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that is what Jesus was trying to drive home, that it wasn't a bunch of things that you do to attain eternal life, but rather it is a relationship with the people around you. And that is why he had to go into explaining who is your neighbor. So Jesus is just so clearly teaching us today. And I want you to have that takeaway in our lives as well. When we come across people that you not only see them as a creation of God, but also the fact that you have an opportunity to speak into their hearts about eternity. I have a very important statement that I want to tell each one of us that perhaps it is a moment for unlearning, and that is there is a huge key factor that we must all understand here. We humans never initiate love for God. All we can do is to respond to God's love. For it is God who sees or shows love towards us. His love has no boundaries. Look with me to 1 John chapter 4, uh, yeah, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. If you would open your Bibles with me. It says, what does it say? 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. It is God who initiates love. 
Amen? It is not man that does that. And so also, this very, very um, familiar verse that every one of you have learned or memorized, which is John 3.16. What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God shows us how to love others. So I want you to look at now uh, Luke chapter 10, verse number 35. It says here, the very next day. You know, this is an amazing love that the Samaritan has displayed here. Did you catch the fact that he stayed overnight? Yes. You know, many of us will help people. I'm not discounting that. You know, there are limits to our helping people, right? right. But look at the Samaritan. He, don't, he not only did all those things, but he took him to an inn, but he stayed overnight because the Bible says the next day, right? So can you imagine this man's heart? It is a reflection, or Jesus is trying to show us, of God's love, that he is there throughout the nights that we go through in our lives. Yes, there has been some difficult nights in our lives, but brothers and sisters, it is so reassuring to know that God was there with us, even in the nights that we went through situations in our life. So the measure of how a person loves God is by the way he loves his neighbor. And so it is in this juncture that we find that Jesus uses this follow-up question of the lawyer to tell us a parable. So there were three travelers in total, right? As you read through this uh, parable. Uh, who are the three uh, the travelers? First is the Levite. He was a traveler, right? Second is the priest. And then, of course, the third is the Samaritan man. Each of them actually have a unique question that they're asking in their own lives as they encounter the man lying on the side of the road, right? Each of them. This is just my imagination. So, in my imagination said, this Levite is probably asking himself, what would happen to my life if I stop and help him? No, I'm going to move on. Yes, his love actually is defined by his neighbor as just being pure selfish. He didn't even stop to help and render any kind of help. He moved on. Look at the priest. The priest in his heart is perhaps asking, what will people say if I helped him? right? But you know what? The Samaritan said in his heart, what would happen to this poor man if I did not stop to help him? And that's the central question that we all must have in our lives as we journey through lives ups and downs. We run across people, but what is that question that you ask in your life? What would happen to this poor man if I did not stop to love or show kindness towards this fellow creature of God? His love for his neighbor was actually selfless. 
and without any expectation of a returned favor. It kind of sort of stopped this whole story. And, you know, as Jesus was saying this, it, it kind of put a twist in that story, right? Because as you know, as each one of you have, uh, you know, heard the word of God, the word Samaritan is kind of like a real, really a bad thing that the Jewish people don't like to talk about because they hated the Samaritans. But look what Jesus did. You know, the priest and the Levites were supposed to, by their profession, help, stop, and help, right? I mean, that's the logical thing to do. But Jesus inserts in here something that was just weird, something that was just very troublesome in their heart. Everybody was happy till that story got to the point of who actually stopped to help. You know, a lot of times, if you were in an accident, would you refuse help from someone that you didn't like? You wouldn't, right? So obviously, the person in trouble didn't care. But it seems that the society has placed in each one of our minds who we really should help or reach out to. So we become very discriminatory. But Jesus in this text is teaching us that what is important is that your attitude towards life in general. So it was the most unlikely man who rendered help because the expectation was that the Levite or the priest would help. Truth be told, unless you and, you and I see the need in the same manner as this Samaritan, you will not be able to meet the need that is here in this world today. You know, so I want to go to the next point, which is to tell you about seeing the need. And I'm going to show you a video here in a minute. But before that, I want to set it up here. You know, what happens is that I want you to look at the video and count the number of times that the white t-shirt people are passing a basketball within each other. Okay, so count the number of times that the white t-shirt folks are passing the basketball between each other. So if you could just watch this video. Thank you. The correct answer is 15. But the point of my video wasn't to show you how many times the ball is being passed. How many of you actually saw the gorilla? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about 20 of you. Let's say there's about 150 of us. Isn't it so crazy that all of us were so focused on counting the number of times that the ball is being passed and we fail to see the bigger picture 
or the fact that there wasn't actually a gorilla going through there as well. You know, this is what happens in our lives as well. We're too busy counting how much money we're making. We're just too busy counting all the things that we have, and we forget to see that which is right in front of us. And that is the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan saw, and he did something about it. Each of you see things, but the question is, what do you do about it? Don't neglect that which is so obvious in front of you. It was so obvious, right, to see that gorilla, right? But it, you saw it in your mind, but you were like, you dismissed it because your focus was on counting the number of times the ball was being passed. So it gives us an opportunity to look at it from the perspective of the Good Samaritan, of the fact that he had compassion. As a matter of fact, it reminds each one of us of how Jesus did the things for us as a Good Samaritan himself. He came down from heaven. He had compassion. He poured the oil and the wine. He bound our wounds and our hurts and our pain and our brokenness. He carried us. He secured us. He took us to a place of safety. He paid a price for our sins. He stayed with us. And he gave us hope because he said, I will come Notice the way Jesus coins the, the question as it comes towards the end of this parable. Verse number 36, it says, Jesus asked this poignant question. He says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law said, the one who had mercy on him. So that leads us to the fact that we have to practice our deed or this commandment that Jesus is telling each one of us to do. What does Jesus says? Go, do, likewise. You know, I've been uh, watching um, a message by Brother R. Stanley. He's with the head of the, um, head, of the head and foot ministries. And this is what this uh, gentleman was saying. We Christians preach to the preached. We bless the blessed. We comfort the comforted, but we neglect the neglected. Now go do likewise. You know, there is a sobering verse that kind of captures me every single time. And that is in Matthew 25, verse 42. It says, for I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. So who is our neighbor, brothers and sisters? It is anyone that needs mercy. A little bit of kindness, a whole lot of love. So I want to leave you with homework. So this whole week, 
I have a homework for each one of you. Show love to someone who is undeserving. Show mercy to someone whom you don't get along with. Forgive that person to whom you have said, I will never, ever speak to this guy again. Identify that one person in your life who has been irritating you. How can you practice patience with this person this week? Ask yourselves that, and that's your homework. You got a little bit more of a homework. Will you be able to help someone with your money who is financially down? Maybe you're the one that's suffering from an old wound that you have not been able to let go. You know what? You need to forgive and receive God's mercy. Receive God's love. Receive God's grace. Who is that person in your life that is a person that is broken? Who offends you? Who is that first person that comes to your mind when you think of an outcast? Who is an unbeliever who you could invite over for dinner in the next few weeks? Perhaps it might be your own family. And so we encourage you to pray a prayer asking Jesus, saying, Lord, I too need that mercy in my life. You know, in this parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus wants us to consider our attitude towards people who are not, that we're not comfortable with. And that is the crux of the story. Do likewise. Show mercy. Respond to the love of God. Display that love by loving your neighbor. Because at the end of the day, what you see is determined by what you are. Let me say that again. What you see is determined by what you are. Now go do likewise. May God bless each one of us with these words. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.